What's up, everybody? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the CPA Zone, the podcast where we discuss tax strategies and accounting tips for entrepreneurs and real estate investors. My name is Ryan Pulis, and our company, The Pulis Group, offers tax planning and advisory services for entrepreneurs like you. Whether it's bookkeeping, tax planning, or CFO services that you're looking for, we've got you covered. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the CPA Zone, brought to you by the Pulis Group. Today, we're going to talk about real estate professional status and what it takes to qualify. Before we get into real estate professional status, let's briefly touch on the passive activity loss rules. So in last week's episode, we talked about the passive activity loss rules. So today would just be a brief recap as a refresher. So Section 469 of the Internal Revenue Code governs passive activity loss rules it limits your ability to deduct passive losses. So passive losses are only allowed to the extent you have passive income. Losses in excess of passive income are suspended and carried forward to future years where they can be used to offset future passive income. Passive activities are one, businesses in which you do not materially participate, and two, rental real estate. Rental real estate is a passive activity even if you materially participate. Materially participate. Excuse me. So real estate professional status is a qualification or status that can be achieved within Section 469 of the code. It's it's Section 469C7. That is an exception to the default passive activity rule for rental real estate. So there are three exceptions that can get you out of this passive default passive classification for rental real estate. So rental real estate considered Passive by default, sometimes it's referred to as the per se rule. There are three exceptions. One, qualifying as a real estate professional. Two, a complete disposition or sale of your rental property. Or three, active participation with income less than $100,000. Today, our focus is strictly on real estate professional status. So a bit of history. So back in the early 1980s, before 1986, anyone that bought a rental property and had losses can use those losses could to offset active income, like W-2 income or income from an active business. So you had a lot of very wealthy people buying real estate, using the losses to offset their income, often accelerating those losses using cost-sake studies and different tactics, and really reducing their active active business income and W-2 income. So Congress tried to fix that in 1986 by creating Section 469 and this category called passive activities. But that what that did was unfairly treat people that were already involved uh, in the real estate trades and businesses. Now, if they, let's say, for example, a construction company or a developer that builds houses, they're building houses, they decide to hang on to a few and rent them out. Now, their losses are trapped for those rentals, and they can't be used to offset their other income from other real estate businesses. Where like someone like me, an accountant, say I have two CPA offices, one's profitable, one has a loss. Well, I could use losses from the second office to offset income from the first. So it was kind of looked at as the these real estate professionals were not being treated fairly under these new passive activity loss rules. So in 1994 or so, they created this exception called real estate professional status. And that's for section 469C7. So to qualify as a real estate professional, you need to clear two hurdles or pass two tests. One is more than 50% of your time must be spent in real 
real property, trades, or businesses in which you materially participate. So when we say more than 50%, that means if you have another full-time job or are running another business full-time that's not in the real property, trades, or businesses category, you're not going to qualify as a real estate professional. So this this classification is for people that are in the real estate professional profession anyways and other real property trades or businesses to make sure that they're receiving equal treatment. It's not a way to try to game the tax system if you're not really involved in real estate, you're just, you own rentals and you're a landlord. So more than 50% of your time is key. If you have a full-time W-2 job or run another business full-time, you're not going to qualify. Every court case out there goes against the taxpayers when they try this. If you have a part-time job, a part-time W-2 job, then it's possible. So if you work a thousand hours in your part-time job, and then you spend a thousand and one hours in real property trades or businesses, you can qualify. Looking at the court cases out there, just know you really need to keep very detailed time records and account for your time, not only in the real property trades or businesses, but in your part-time or other W-2 job business, whatever it is that you're doing. You need to have time records for both, very detailed, good records, and it's not going to hurt to have other witnesses that can testify saying that, yes, you really do spend an extraordinary amount of time in your real property trades or businesses. So it's not something that's very easy to do when you have another job or running another business that's not in the real estate world. Now, that's our first test, more than 50% of your time. Second test, you must perform more than 750 hours in real property trades or businesses that you materially participate in during the year. So not only is it more than 50% of your time, but there's a minimum at least 750 hours of work done in real property trades or businesses during the year. Now, an important point here, if you're filing a joint return, one spouse must pass both tests. You can't combine your time for achieving the two real estate professional status tests. So those are our two hurdles. Now, we've been saying, you know, you you need to spend more than 50% of your time in real property trades or businesses and more than 750 hours. So what's a real property trade or business? The IRS gives us a list of 11 different types of real property trades and businesses. These can be found in section 469C7C. So we have development, redevelopment, construction, reconstruction, acquisition, conversion, rental, operations, management, leasing, and brokerage. Now, if you work in one of these trades or businesses and you're paid on a W-2, you must have at least you must have at least a 5% ownership of the company for that time to count. So if you're simply a W-2 employee for a construction company and you're not an owner of that company, then your time is not going to count towards real estate professional status. You need to own or have an interest in the business that we're talking about. Another call, another piece I want to point out, we're talking about brokerage. So brokerage, there are some, there, there's real estate agents who are technically not real estate brokers. They're the real estate sales agents. For purposes of real estate professional status, they qualify under the brokerage category. They're bringing together two people in a sales transaction. Mortgage brokers, on the other hand, do not qualify under the real property trades or businesses because this is looked at as more of a financing activity. Now, financing was one originally included in here when, on the, some of the first drafts of this. However, it didn't make it in. So mortgage brokers don't count. There's a uh, chief counsel advice out there. It's 2015-04010 that kind of walks 
through the logic behind this, but it tells us that mortgage brokers do not count. Real estate agents do count under the brokerage. So I wanted to point that out. Okay, so now you qualify as a real estate professional. How do you deduct your losses? Because really, remember, real estate professional qualifying in and of itself just gets you out of the default passive classification for your rental properties. Now they're treated like any other business. So you have to show material participation in your rental activity or activities in order to deduct the losses. So you can really say there's three tests you must pass. One, more than 50% of your time in real property trades or businesses, more than 750 hours in real property trades or businesses, and material participation in your rental activities. Now a distinction with material participation, in this case, you can combine time with your spouse to achieve material participation. One spouse must pass the more than 50% and more than 750 hour tests to be classified as a real estate professional. With material participation, you can include your spouse's time. So what exactly is material participation? So the IRS defines participation as any work done in an activity by an individual who owns an interest in that activity. Now to materially participate, the taxpayer needs to be involved in the operations of the activity on a regular, continuous, and substantial basis. So we're given seven tests in the regulations. So these are under Treasury Regulation 1.469-5TA. There are seven tests that we can use to demonstrate material participation. Three are really the most common, especially when it comes to real estate, because material participation rules apply to every activity. So uh, any other business, not just rentals, you need to show material participation if you want to deduct losses. So the three big ones that you're going to see for when it comes to your rental properties is one, participating more than 500 hours during the year. This is going to be difficult if you have one or two properties. We can group activities, which we'll talk about shortly. The second way is you perform substantially all of the activity for the year. So you do pretty much everything for your rental yourself. You're going to qualify as materially participating. There's not really an hours limit in that case. As soon as you start hiring other people, now that, that option is going to go out the window. But the next test, the third, is your participation is more than 100 hours for the year. So 100 hours or more and more than anyone else. So that's key. So you got to hit more than 100 hours, but also spend more time than anyone else. So you can have other people help you, but you can't have any one of those other individuals spend more time than you during the year or you won't materially participate. So there are three tests, 500 hours or more, you do substantially all the work, or 100 hours and more than anyone else. Those are the three big ones. Now sometimes we get asked, like, what hours count? And the one, one place we hear a lot is education hours or attending seminars or meetup groups. Do any of these hours count? And the answer to that is no. So your education hours, your meetup groups, th those are all great learning tools, but they don't impact the operations. So those hours aren't going to count towards material participation. You need to be doing work that actually impacts the operations of your rentals. That's when the hours counts. So I mentioned earlier, there's something called a grouping election. So if you have multiple properties, the default position is that you must meet the material participation requirement for each property unless you, unless you elect to group them together. 
So Treasury Regulation 1.469-9G, this is often referred to as the 9G election, allows for grouping of all your rental activities into a single activity for real estate professionals. So that allows you to combine your time for all your rental properties in order to achieve the material participation or pass the material participation tests. So it'd be very difficult to materially participate in 10 different properties. So what you can do is elect to group them together. Now you can combine the time for all 10 properties and pass one of the material participation tests. So you make the election by attaching a statement to your tax return the first year in which you elect to group the properties together. So you'll have some sample language. Uh, an example here I pulled from the tax software I use is in accordance with regulation 1.469-9G, the taxpayer elects to combine all rental real estate interests into one activity pursuant to section 469C7A and states that he or she is a qualifying taxpayer. Qualifying taxpayer in this case just means someone that qualifies as a real estate professional. So to recap, real estate professional status is one of the exceptions to the default passive activity rules for rental real estate. There are two hurdles that you need to clear. You must spend more than 50% of your time in real property trades or businesses in which you materially participate and more than 750 hours in real property trades or businesses in which you materially, materially participate to qualify as a real estate professional. Those two tests get you to real estate professional status. Now you're out of this default passive bucket when it comes to your rental real estate. However, to actually deduct losses, you must also show material participation in your rental properties. If you have multiple properties, you're gonna to wanna to group those together by making the 9G election on your return so you can combine your time and achieve the material participation. Now you can deduct your losses and you start using those rental losses to offset active income from your businesses. That is the power of the real estate professional status. That's the great benefit that everyone loves about it because now those passive losses can be used to offset your active income and really start to help you save money in taxes. That about does it for this episode. I hope you found value in this. If you did, please leave a five-star review or hit the like and subscribe button. Until next time, have a great day. So that about does it for this episode of the CPA Zone. Thanks for listening and I hope you found something valuable that you can take away. We are taking on new clients and if you'd like to work with us, then go to our website and fill out the client intake form on our contact page. This can be found at thepulisgroup.com forward slash contact. That's T-H-E-P-U-L-I-C-E-G-R-O-U-P dot com forward slash contact.